0: stick a tampon in there. Your period is dirty. Everything about our genitals has a negative connotation, right? We have our virginity taken from us. We have, you know, sex is penetrative. All of these words are not very receptive to your heart, right? And this is why a lot of women don't feel safe in their own bodies. You know, women, um, regardless of orientation or gender, like we really grow up and are... Inundated with the script of caregiver, regardless of the relationship that we're in. But when it comes to ourselves, we are sometimes our worst caregivers, right? <laughs> we- hey, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we give, give, give to the outside world because a woman who gives is a productive woman a woman who gives is a good girl a woman who gives is one who is martyring herself for the sake of others and that's kind of this narrative that we've kind of grown up with when it comes to being a mother and a wife and even a friend even a um a business owner or a biz- or a, a an, an employee you know like if a woman doesn't put in the extra effort then it's not going to kind of be
1: acknowledged so I am Amanda Hansen, and welcome to the Women Disrupted Podcast. I like to use the word disruption to describe a change that displaces or replaces the status quo. In this podcast, I hope you'll be able to disrupt your thoughts, beliefs, and maybe even your life. I believe that disruption is good, even when it is hard. I will share tidbits of how myself and others have handled disruption, whether we have chosen it or the universe chose it for us. There will be debates on hot topics and stories of women who choose disruption to change their lives and the lives of others are you ready for a little disruption enjoy the ride hey everyone on today's episode i bring on mine and my husband's sex coach serena haynes she's in nova scotia canada And how I found her was, (laughs) there's another podcast that I love called Mumgasm, and I'm in their Facebook group, and I had shared a post in that group where I had um, gotten some boudoir pictures taken of myself and how I used them to seduce my husband and how hard and (laughs) scary that was. Anyway, I had shared about that post, and... She, you know, she replied in it. She's just like, you know what? Are you interested in hopping on a call with me? You know, no questions asked, no expectations. Let's just chat. And so her and I had a really good chat. I told her about some challenges that I was having, you know, with intimacy and sexual intimacy with, with my husband and my husband and i finally decided to hire her as a sex coach to work with both of us. She did some sessions with just him one on one, with me one on one, and most of them were were us together. Anyway, so i bring Serena on because you know, this is my third podcast about sex. <laughs> and the, the reason why is i guess it's because as a 40-year-old woman, um, you know, in this phase of my life, it's it's something that that is somewhat of a, of a struggle, maybe with others you know, you have a great sex drive and a great intimacy intimacy relationship, sexual intimacy relationship with your partner. For me, I love my husband deeply, but when it comes to sexual intimacy, it's just not a priority of mine, but it was important to him and it is important to me. I, I want us, I want that for us. And so we had been trying to fix it on our own and we were never really getting anywhere. So we brought in the professional and so today I bring Serena on um, where we deep dive into if you want more intimacy with a partner, then you actually need to start with yourself. You need to start with some self-intimacy. So so in, on today's episode, we talk a little bit about that. We talk about how sometimes it can be a real struggle for women, um, you know, getting out of their heads getting out of the day-to-day routines and that ongoing list that they always have going on inside their head and how it's so hard for us sometimes to get out of our heads and get into our bodies to be open to more intimacy with, with ourselves or maybe a partner. And so we talk about this and then we also deep dive a little bit more on my own experience with, you know, scheduling a boudoir photo shoot for myself and what that meant for me what I did with it with my husband. Anyway, so today is all about intimacy with ourselves and intimacy with our partners. Um, And it's not always sexual intimacy, like emotional intimacy is extremely important. And that's really what my husband and I have been focusing on is more personal, non-sexual intimacy in the hopes that that is going to build more of a sexual intimacy between both of us. Anyway, enjoy today's episode. So first off, I'm just going to introduce how I met Serena. So how I met Serena was actually in a Facebook group. (laughs) There was a podcast that I listened to called the Mumgasm podcast. And I went in and I had just done um, a boudoir photo shoot and I seduced my husband for the first time in, well, actually probably ever and I had like a lot of anxiety about it. It was super stressful for me. And I'm like, this should not be stressful. And so I just, I shared openly in the Facebook group what I had experienced and what was going on with me and Serena Um, being uh, an intimacy and sex coach. She reached out to me and she's like, Amanda, let's just, let's just, would you be willing to have just like a 30-minute conversation with me? Like it's free. I just want to be able to help you. And I'm like, sure, absolutely. And so uh, we hopped on a call. We talked for 30 minutes and I felt, you guys know me, I'm just an open and honest book. I'm just going to be open and honest. And I felt really heard by her. And it was so nice to actually have somebody be like, I know what you're talking about. I understand. And then she could even just like put it on another layer. Cause I could only understand what I was struggling with kind of on my own experience, but I had the benefit of somebody who like is an expert in these topics and in, is an expert in these struggles and would be able to guide me. And so I felt so much relief from that. It's, it's like therapy, but we're focusing just on intimacy and sex and desire and sexuality and Um, I love Serena right away. And I'm like, how can me and my husband sign up? (laughs) And so we, me and my husband signed up for, um, some sex coaching and she met with us one-on-one separately. And then we met together and we had goals, we had homework. Um, and so I just love what she does. And I know the struggles that I have and that other women face with intimacy. I know I'm not alone. So I really wanted to bring her into the group to give you guys an opportunity to learn, ask questions, even just hear stories so that you know that maybe whatever you're experiencing, um, you're not alone. So Serena, do you want to kind of just do a quick intro of yourself? Hi, guys. That was the
0: nicest thing anybody's ever said about me. You're so sweet. <laughs> that was so sweet. Honestly, because I, I saw your photos and that, that day I was like, no, this isn't going to go down that way. She's not going to feel like this about herself. I've got to like have a conversation and let her know that this is not something that she needs to be alone with. Um, so yeah, thanks for having me. So I'm a sex and intimacy coach in Halifax, and uh, I work internationally, obviously, uh, virtually is is our life right now, right? So I can kind of work with everybody um, over a vast array of different kind of topics and things i'm really happy to be here tonight i know that you have um really specific questions i love i love that you were like i'm gonna like guide this because i know what i want to get out of this tonight and it just made me so happy i'm like cool she know she has a direction for tonight so that's good
1: Really where I want to start off with is I feel like probably most, and I know you work with women and you work with men separately and you work with couples. So I know right. it's not, you don't specifically just work with women. I know you have a lot of male one-on-one clients as well.
0: Many, many, many.
1: But, but we'll, we'll, we'll just on our focus as, you know, from the woman's perspective with intimacy, yeah. whether she's, um, you know, heterosexual or homosexual or whatever.
0: Yep, doesn't um, matter. Non-binary it, yeah, gender or an
1: orientation matter yeah, none really what it, it comes doesn't to matter matters of
0: intimacy. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I know from my experience, you know, being in a long-term relationship and maintaining intimacy with my partner was and has been a long struggle of mine. Mm-hmm. Me and my husband have been trying to figure it out, kind of on our own. But it was mostly just frustration. And I quickly learned through you through you, we were kind of each, we were both on these like negative loop cycles within, yeah. you know, with he was on his own and I was on his own. And it was just causing a lot of friction. And so that was more of like sexual intimacy. And you know, that's kind of what I reached out to you for. But you know, really what I learned is that. Into intimacy needs to happen in the relationship outside of the bedroom. Right. First. Yeah. But even before that, we need to learn how to be intimate, have intimacy with ourselves. And, and that doesn't even have to be even be sexual. It's just how comfortable are we with our own sexuality, with our own needs, our own desires, our own pleasure. Yeah. And giving ourselves pleasure. And again, not even sexual pleasure, it's just pleasure doing things in our lives that bring us joy and pleasure. And it's not something I think we often prioritize or maybe we feel shame around it or that we don't deserve it or there's, you know, our bodies have changed. And so we think, you know, because our bodies have changed, we don't deserve to, to have pleasure or feel pleasure or we're embarrassed or whatever. So kind of where I want to start the conversation is, how do you start building intimacy with yourselves? Like, and I know everybody's a little bit different, but do you see some Mm -hmm. commonalities or do you feel like there's some general ways where women can start to build intimacy with themselves?
0: Right. So the concept of intimacy with yourself and you were using the word pleasure a lot. And I use that as well. It's kind of Mm -hmm. my tagline, but if we take that word and we change that word to permission, then a whole new kind of idea happens in your head. So instead of saying, you know, I I need to give myself time for pleasure. I need to, you know, give myself this opportunity for pleasure. I like to start with women and say, you need to give yourself permission to even want that pleasure first, to even acknowledge that you're worthy of taking something for yourself and not just giving. You know, women, um, regardless of orientation or gender, like- we really g- grow up and are inundated with the script of caregiver regardless of the relationship that we're in but when it comes to ourselves we are sometimes our worst caregivers right <laughs> we- hey amanda yeah <laughs> yeah so like we give 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 to the outside world because a woman who gives is it productive Woman, a woman who gives is a good girl. A woman who gives is one who is martyring herself for the sake of others. And that's kind of this narrative that we've kind of grown up with when it comes to being a mother and a wife, and even a friend, even a, um, a business owner or, a, or a, a, an, an employee. You know, like if a woman doesn't put in the extra effort, then it's not going to kind of be acknowledged. So we need to give ourselves permission first, I think, to slow down. Right. And our permission to um, accept that we are not made and for, we're not made for outside consumption. We're actually made for our own consumption and then we share that with the outside world. Hmm. Right. So if we are not taking care of us, if we are not giving ourselves permission to accept, our thoughts let's just forget about body for a minute let's forget about body image for a minute let's just you know um just just the thoughts that you have about yourself or i should be doing this i should be doing that well you don't have to do that you can sit back and start cultivating this intimacy with yourself by sitting back and asking yourself what is it that i really like and that question kind of halts a lot of women in their tracks because they've been told what they like and they do what other people like. But what do they really like? What do you love about yourself? What do you love about the world around you? And finding and giving yourself permission to even sit back for a second and slow down and think about that will kind of catapult you into this pleasurable moment where you can kind of say, oh, well, you know, I really like going for drives but I've got to take care of the kids tonight or whatever. But you know what? I really like going for drives. So the intimacy I'm going to share with myself tonight is taking time and carving it out and going for a drive tonight and allowing that for yourself.
1: So sometimes you just have to start somewhere simple first Yeah, with just finding one thing that you enjoy doing. Finding
0: one thing that you love for yourself. You know, so many people, because, you know, the narrative that we, like the language that we use when it comes to intimacy is intimacy, sexual pleasure, sexual intimacy, all of these things. And they can be very daunting. Those words can be very daunting sometimes. But if you just kind of break it down for a minute and realize that a lot of women don't cultivate intimacy with themselves because they're too busy giving. So you just kind of need to find that one thing you love. Is it that you love reading? Is it that you love chocolate? Do you love going for a drive? Do you love jeans? I don't care what it is. Do you love hiking boots? Go get it, you know, put on your hiking boots and go for a walk. Whatever it is, being aware and kind of making that happen for yourself, right? Putting, making yourself a priority. Women don't make themselves a priority, right? They, they kind of take the time left over. It's the, it's, it's the perfect Mm -hmm. Cinderella story, right? Most women's lives is the perfect Cinderella story. Once I get everything done, then I can sit back and relax, but your laundry is always going to be there and your job is always going to be there and the dishes are always going to be there and the kids are always going to be there. So when is that going to happen for you? Are you just going to wait and wait and wait? Or are you going to create that intimacy with yourself where you can sit and acknowledge that you actually need something in your life as well?
1: It's interesting. So I've been taking care of my grandmother the last week and she's 85. And so we've been having to have discussions with her about rest and prioritizing rest and how she grew up in the generation where that word didn't exist, exist. Yeah. so she said i would wake up i would have my list of things that i had to do in the day and that if i couldn't get that list done then that means i have to wake up earlier the next day yeah. and i was just like no but no, that's no, no, ingrained
0: no. in us right but that's no. ingrained in us in us right it is it, it, and it's not just women i mean but it is ingrained in us as women to you know, always have a task, always have a list, a to-do list. And you need to do that to-do list. And if you don't, then you fail. If you haven't done that, then you failed, right? But it doesn't have to be that way.
1: And so now we're trying to teach her the, the to listen to her body. At 85 years old, she's never listened to her body. She's always listened right. to the list and the tasks. And she has ignored her body to the point where she had a blood clot and was ignoring all of the symptoms until she couldn't move her body and had to call 911. Like mm-hmm. we're trying, like, I'm just like, how do we prevent this from happening? Like, you know, I did, and trying to teach an 85 year old woman anything is challenging. Very much, yeah. To, in my mind, it's like, okay, we can't let this continue. We can't continue in this constant grind and never feeling that we can catch up or that we can never be enough. And that when we do take time for ourselves, we feel guilty about it. Like, that's like, I just mm-hmm. want to eradicate that. So today, like I came. So the home- word
0: guilty pleasure, sorry, man. I don't mean yeah, to yeah, no, the word ahead. guilty pleasure. I hate that. I hate when somebody says to me, what's your guilty pleasure? And I'm like, baby, there's no pleasure in my life that I feel guilty about. there's zero pleasure I feel guilty about stop that even that word like that combination of words right it makes you think you're not supposed to enjoy things you should feel guilty for this you know the only time you should be satisfied is when you are grinding
1: or that that there's a list a hierarchy of things that should satisfy us and things that shouldn't like it's almost like you know I enjoy watching um somebody says, you know, I I enjoy watching reality TV, but they're like embarrassed about it. It's like, Mm -hmm. if it brings you joy, who gives a crap? If it brings you happiness, right? Like, it's just, it's that fear of also of judgment and liking the things that you like. So having just the freedom to enjoy the things that you enjoy.
0: Yeah, and, and some- saying it out loud, right? Like if you like those shows, nobody even has to be in the room, but it could be what, nine o'clock on a Monday because I don't have cable and I wish I did and I haven't watched The Bachelor in years, but it's my favorite show in the world. Um, and I hear there's drama going on right now. I don't know what it's all about, <laughs> but, um, but my socials tell me that there's something happening. But like at nine o'clock, and if you've got time to do it, obviously you've got to carve that time out, say out loud to yourself, I love The Bachelor, I can't wait to sit down, this is my time. Just out loud, nobody else needs to be in the room. You're quite literally just talking to yourself, right? And telling yourself that it's okay to do something like that.
1: So first off, giving yourself permission to feel Mm -hmm. intimacy and pleasure and to do those things and to make it a priority in your life. Yeah, every day, every Every day, day. not not just once a week. Nope,
0: not just once a week.
1: And not when you've completed your list, you don't have to earn your intimacy. You don't have to earn your pleasure. You don't have to earn your joy. Right. So there's, there's a little thing that I like to do sometimes with people who I have in
0: my life that are a little overproductive and it's, you know, we go through their task list of their day and it generally lies on the evening, right? The after supper evening. And somebody will say like, yeah, I go to yoga. Let's say I go to yoga after I have all the dishes cleaned up and I'll say, okay, well, Wednesday, you're going to go to yoga and you're going to leave the dishes in the sink. And everyone's like, oh my God, how am I going to do that? Right. But it's just the beginning of saying to yourself, you know, I don't have to finish all my tasks in order to relax. I deserve to relax regardless of what's happening around me right now it doesn't have to happen all the time if it makes you feel really happy to have everything done and then you go to yoga so you can come home to a clean house i get it i've been there but it's just an exercise to push you past your comfort right. zone yeah yeah and
1: and so it makes sense so if if you ever find yourself struggling to maintain or reignite intimacy with your partner but if you can't find those moments in intimacy with yourself it's going to probably be a lot harder to build that intimacy with your partner i would assume
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it really will, because you won't have any way of verbalizing what it is that you want out of life. You'll quite literally just sit there and either the two of you will kind of oscillate together back and forth, just not knowing in this weird not knowing moment, or you'll sit back and you will kind of ask and allow them to give to you what they want. And then you just kind of like walk along like a puppy and you're kind of like okay well whatever you want to do this is what we'll do because it's what you want to do but it's not until we have like agency over what we enjoy for ourselves and that's where we like that's the intimacy that we have with self that we can then go to our partners and say you know I really love taking a walk at sunset and I've done it by myself and I really love it by myself but I know that it would be so much nicer with you and I would love for you to come along with me you know and then so now you know that there's something that you love And now you want to share it with your partner right creating intimacy with your partners about shared experiences
1: yeah it's so when me and my husband we are we both own our own businesses we're both very busy we and we love working we love our life we love our you know we love all that but (laughs) we sometimes really suck at building intimacy like we're not strangers. We're not like, he's off. I don't, it's not like we don't check in with each other, but we don't, sometimes we can go long periods of like, he's working in the evenings, like almost he works all day and then he has to go and work in the evenings. And it could be a few weeks before we actually have time, you know, to build that intimacy. And so where I was struggling with is like, I wouldn't see him and interact with him a whole lot. And he'd come to bed and he'd be like, Hey baby. Hey baby. Like, (laughs) Let's get sexually intimate, and I'm like, yeah, I can't go from here to here. Like, I just, I'm not built that way. Right. So you helped us realize that we had to build intimacy in our everyday lives to help.
0: Yeah, non-sexual intimacy is really important to kind of keep you on board with, you know, being together as a couple, right? Because this is the thing. So this is a this is a thing where men. Um, men will show you their intimacy and their love. And there's lots of reasons behind this that I won't get into, but there are lots of reasons why men actually show their intimacy and desire for you through sex. Okay, so they go straight to that. Women go straight to the emotional connection. So men want a sexual connection. Women want an emotional connection. And really they both mean the same thing to them deep down in their hearts. Right. But women think that men want sex because they're dogs and men think women don't want sex because they're prudes. So now we've got this crazy thing where we're all on the opposite ends of this like polar thing that's just pushing us apart because nobody understands those concepts. But once we can kind of sit back and say and learn and say, okay, when my husband comes up from the basement after not seeing me all day and tries to like get on it, it's not that he's just been down there all sexually frustrated all day. This is his way of saying, I've missed you. I love you. I miss feeling desired by you. I miss desiring you and I need physical touch, but he goes straight to sex where women want to say, Hey baby, like, can you rub my feet? And can we talk about my day? And can you maybe just deflate me for a minute? Okay. So now what about if we as women were able to do that for ourselves? What if we were able to cultivate such intimacy with ourselves that at the end of the day or the beginning of whenever, we never feel like we need our partner to help us get in the mood or get kind of deflate, not in the mood for sex, but just kind of deflate from the day. But we have such agency over our own intimacy and our own pleasures that we have infused that pleasure into our day so by the end of the day, we're a little more relaxed, a little more receptive. A woman who mm-hmm. is constantly moving is constantly in what what I call their masculine energy. Okay. And, and for everybody listening, using the gender terminology of masculine feminine energy is not necessarily um, it's not gender oriented. Yeah, it's not gendered. We all have these, so yin and yang sun and moon, right? These polar opposites, positive, negative kind of thing. But there's really no good way of saying it. I did read, I did hear one the other day. I've got to go back and read it. But a woman who, a person who is constantly on the go is constantly in their structure, in their container, in their masculine. And it's really hard to like kind of get in there and chip away at that wall at the end of the day. So now your husband comes up to you and he's like, Hey baby. And you're like brick wall, brick wall, brick wall. I have so many things, (laughs) right? Because you haven't stopped moving all day. You haven't stopped and listened to your body and your feminine flow and you know, all of this stuff. And you're a very creative person, right? And you do this in the run of your day, but it's infused in your business. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit different than a personal kind of creativity mm-hmm. that, you know, that, that one would have like an intentional intimate moment with yourself and your flow.
1: Right, and I didn't know what that looked like when people are like, oh, I have a self-pleasure practice. So I'm like, what the hell is a self-pleasure practice? Like, right. what is that? <laughs> like, what is that? And my first kind of diving into it was the boudoir photo shoot. And I did that intentionally, that was for me. That was for me mm-hmm. because I felt so uncomfortable with viewing myself in a sexual manner. I had very, I had very like, I've done lots of digging and at a very young age, <laughs> I made the very dis- big decision that nobody was going to desire me for my body, right. that nobody was going to objectify my body. I wanted, I thought that if they thought I was sexy, that they wouldn't take me seriously or that they wouldn't mm-hmm. see me as smart. And to me, that was like, that, and I had made those assumptions, like, if you desire me, you're not going to take me seriously. And mm-hmm. so I made it, it as like, you're not going to desire me, you're, I'm not going to desire me. I feel really uncomfortable around women who like, I, and that's what I did last year. I surrounded myself with women who are expressing themselves sexually, not for men's pleasure, for their own pleasure. Cause I was like, I don't understand this. I don't understand it. And it makes me yeah. really uncomfortable, but I realized like, I had to kind of work through my own beliefs around it and so I I did the boudoir photo shoot and I was so nervous leading up to it but actually the thing I did actually this sounds crazy because I work in wardrobes but I didn't have an outfit planned. I bought it the morning of, I literally went and bought my lingerie the morning of. And as soon as I had the outfits and I was happy, I was like, I'm actually excited. It's like, that's the power of like outfits ladies. No, <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Right? And following and, your
0: gut too. You let that just happen in that moment, right? Yeah. And
1: I think I was just avoiding it honestly. Yeah, But there's a I'm reason for all.
0: everything, Amanda. <laughs>
1: And so I went and did it, and seeing the pictures. Anyways, I, I loved it. It was an amazing experience. But then I had them for like two weeks before I decided to share one with my husband. He had no idea it happened, and I I really I had how I planned it. I wanted to just we were both working from home, the kids were gone, and I wanted to text him a picture while he was down working in his office. And then him knowing him, he would know <laughs> he would come quickly upstairs and I would be in the bedroom wearing what i had sent him the picture of and that's what I did and literally I was like shaking Shaking. nervous I I, I felt so uncomfortable but I remember you in my head being like just be in the moment just be in the moment in the
0: moment
1: yeah and that's that was really hard for me because I was like I was still stuck in a negative loop cycle. And I was yeah. predicting about what was gonna happen, what was how was I gonna feel, what was gonna anyway, how was he mm-hmm. gonna feel. Anyways, it was it was fantastic. Um, and doing that for myself felt made me feel more empowered. And it it kind of helped change the game for me that way, which was more important was how I felt around my own sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so let's dive into like some sexual intimacy with ourselves, like (laughs) what are some ways that we can start doing that? And it doesn't always have to be like self pleasure. And and no, it
0: doesn't have to be orgasms all the time. Everybody, when they hear like self-pleasure, sexual self-pleasure, they go straight for masturbation, orgasms, vibrators, you know, all of these things. And, And that's part of it. Sure. That is part of it, but it doesn't have to be your first step. Right. Your first step can be something very, I like to say, you know, try to be naked as often as possible. So many of us, and I mean, you probably did the same thing. Um, you know, you go from fully clothed to avoiding the mirrors to getting in the shower to avoiding the mirrors to putting on the robe to doing the thing, and you barely look at yourself. What do you do? You're sucking it in and moving your body around, trying to like make yourself look good. And then you go out into the world hoping to God that you look as good as you think you look, right? Even if it's not that much. So I say try to be naked as much as possible sleeping naked, looking at yourself in the mirror, use the bathroom, take your shirt off. There's so many little things that you can do. Brush your teeth naked, let your body move, let your body jiggle, let the things that are supposed to move, move and not kind of hold everything in um, is one way of doing that. Another way of doing that for a lot of my clients, I start them out with um, breathing techniques, breathing exercises, getting them present in their body getting them present and connected to their genitals. Women are not connected to their genitals, right? Like women have been told for a very, very long time to keep your legs closed, uh, keep it covered, clean it every now and then, stick a tampon in there, your period is dirty. Everything about our genitals has a negative connotation, right? We have our virginity taken from us. We have, you know, sex is penetrative. All of these words are not very receptive to your heart, right? And this is why a lot of women don't feel safe in their own bodies. They don't feel safe expressing their sexuality. So I say that it's time that we kind of own that a little bit. Um, Doing genital breathing is one of the big things that I really like helping women with, where you connect your breath to your genitals and you make yourself aware of the movement, and we squeeze our pelvic floor and we kind of allow that movement to happen. And when that happens, you're your pelvis starts moving and everything starts kind of moving around. There's an energy center down there. There's an energy center in your sacral chakra just below your belly button, which is one of the, the if not the most powerful energy center in your entire body. And when, if that's blocked up and stagnant, you're very stiff, very stiff and stagnant. You kind of can't, you know, kind of feel that flow that that needs to happen in your body. So I say, you know, be naked, connect with your breath a little bit. And, and then
1: look at your vagina. I just I did was that just going to say. Last, last month. month, I was like, it's probably been 20 years since I looked I at my vagina. Which say, is insane.
0: So, vulva gazing is a massive thing. Oh, I yeah, actually have sorry, a workshop. It's, a vulva. it's not a vagina. A vulva. A vulva. Right. Your vulva. <laughs> so, I have, a vul- I have a vulva workshop actually in Halifax. If anybody's in Halifax, <laughs> next Saturday on the 27th, um, I do in person vulva gazing workshops. So, we kind of hang out, and this is what we do. I provide mirrors to all these women, but you don't have to do it in public with us. Um, it's a really powerful experience when you do something really magical happens in that room, but looking at your vulva, get a mirror, sit in front of a mirror, um, sit on your bed, wherever you feel comfortable. And instead of just kind of like trying to put your head between your legs and look at it upside down, right? Because it's kind of, this is the only way we really look at it. If we're trying to kind of get there, take a mirror, one of those magnifying mirrors, you know, the ones that you tweeze your eyebrows with, because you can then really see what's going on down I know. I mean, I listen, I listen, you don't have, you're not digging in. You don't have to like do, you don't have to go crazy. You can get one that flips back and forth and see how you feel. Start with the one side and then flip around. I say that because I got old lady eyes. Okay. So like my eyes are terrible. So when I'm, <laughs> when I'm sitting back, I'm like, it's still like a good three feet away from me. Like I need a, a big magnifying mirror to kind of like see what's going on. But over the course of the years, I've fallen in love with my vulva. Like, I love it. I know what she looks like. I know what she needs. And so I take, I do that once a week, at least. And I I talk to it really nicely. And I say really beautiful things to my vulva because our vulvas are not talked to in a very kind manner. They never have been, not for centuries, Right women's genitals are sinful women shouldn't be touching themselves they shouldn't be showing themselves women's sexuality is sinful and gross and um you know slutty and all of these words that have been kind of put on any sexual empowered woman who decides to be completely liberated and show the power she has within has been squashed and shut down right and made small so I like to sit back and when I look at my vulva out loud, just like I said to you earlier, when you say, like, hey, I really like watching The Bachelor, you say it out loud to nobody. So you sit down with your vulva and you look at your vulva and you tell her how beautiful she is. And you say, You are so beautiful. And if you have children, you can say things like, you know, you've given me this life that I that I love so much. Like it's because of you, it's because of your vulva that so many beautiful things have happened. Plus, it's the central place of your sexual pleasure. I mean, that is where you're gonna find your pleasure. of women do not have an orgasm with vaginal intercourse, okay? It's all about the vulva. And the vulva is everything on the outside that you can see, right? The the, the major, the big lips, the little lips, the clitoris um, going down into the perineum, your your pubic mound where your hair is or, or is not. That area is your vulva. Your vagina is a canal and that leads up into your cervix, right? So that is a completely different thing than your vulva. So you need to sit there and you need to look at that vulva and realize what a pleasure-packed area that is for you, right? And that'll be one of the first steps then. Instead of you going straight for the vibrator, you'll you'll look at that and acknowledge her and honor her. And then when you can do that, then you'll feel more comfortable maybe touching her yeah. and giving her a hug, right? I say like a, a pussy hug. Um, to take your entire hand, your entire palm and put it between your legs and just cup your cup your vulva, just cup it and hold it and give it a little squeeze. Kind of like we see our, our male counterparts doing while they're watching TV, right? We always make fun, don't we? We make fun of men for sitting down and having their hand down their pants while the game is on. But guess who's super connected to their sexuality, right. gals? The men in our lives. They pee, they do all the eights, right? They urinate, procreate and masturbate with their genitals and it's all in front of them right there for them to see. And ours are tucked away and we have to make it very intentional for us to sit back and actually own and love our vulvas for so many years. We've been told that we're not supposed to.
1: Yeah. I, I never wanted to use a tampon. I was, I didn't even want to touch it. Like I didn't, Mm -hmm. it was just, it was, it was something I had to hide when I was on my period. Yeah. There was just so much shame around my body and what my body naturally did. And I didn't realize until later, like this was all impacting my ability to have intimacy with myself and therefore with with my husband. That's right. These are amazing suggestions. Okay, so now let's jump in. Once we can start practicing some intimacy with with ourselves, where can we start practicing intimacy with our partners? I know, (laughs) so I'm gonna share some of my homework that Serena (laughs) gave me and my husband. One of them was super, I, it was awkward at, for, it was, we had to hug, was it for two minutes? Probably. Yeah. Probably two minutes. I would so say he, he had to sit and I had to straddle him and put my legs yep. and my arms around him. And I would have to like put my head on his shoulder and he would put his, and we would have to set a timer. It was like two or three minutes and we just yep. had to sit there. It was not, no talk, no touching. It was just hugging, holding. just holding. Yep. Cause I, I have a hard time allowing.
0: Right being comfort, receptive being
1: receptive mm-hmm. so I have a hard time receiving and so this was mainly for me to receive touch and support and hug from my husband and right. so that was that was one and of that
0: calms them. your it calms your parasympathetic yeah. nervous system right hugging and touching regulates our nervous system we take that for granted yeah. because you know sometimes we have our babies and our this and our that and our friends and whatever but um it's I don't want to, I don't want to speak out of turn. I really should have researched this before I say it, but I believe there is a fact out there that says that you cannot continue to release anger or sad hormones while you're being hugged. So what happens is as you're being hugged and squeezed, your nervous system starts to relax, right? And you know this, and it's just one of those moments. And I remember when I said that to you, and you said something about knowing that. And I said, okay, well, what would you tell your clients or your friends or your people after learning how to regulate a nervous system? And you said the same thing to me. You were like, well, I'd get them to kind of be held. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay, Amanda. So,
1: so you're going to be held. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then <laughs> that was the other homework was for us to- he would touch me in a way that it, it wasn't sexual. It was just a way mm-hmm. for him to touch me. And however, he wanted to touch me right. for three minutes or two minutes or three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah. That's called a three minute game. Right. right. And then I would then tell him how I would want him to touch me for three minutes and then we right. would reverse it. Yeah. Um, and so just, that was really important to me to build, um, not like build physical intimacy without the expectation of sex
0: yes and that's really important to know that we can have intimate touch with our partners without it leading to sex because that negative feedback loop that you guys were in specifically and a lot of people are in is that whenever then the partner comes and tries to touch you immediately start panicking because you're like well, now I'm gonna to have to have sex. Now he's gonna get all whatever. And then I'm gonna to have to do the thing and the thing doesn't feel good and I don't like it. And you get yourself all psyched up about it. So it's really important for couples to have moments, many, many, many moments of non-sexual intimate touch where there's no expectation for follow through, but that touch is what's gonna help you guys stay connected.
1: Yeah, and the other thing that I realize is I need time with him. And so this is, this is I'm horrible. I need to just freaking communicate. You're not horrible. Stop testing my husband.
0: Women, some of us test, some of us test on purpose and we could talk about that privately.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I've been consciously, if we have moments where neither of us are busy, instead of me being on my iPad or my phone, if he's Mm -hmm. available for us to have an intimate moment, even if the kids are around and life is happening, there's still those moments to have intimacy with your partner. And so I've been very conscious if we're both sitting and we're not doing something, I will put my phone down and I will just sit there. And oh, you wait. And I wait. And eventually he's like, he'll look at me and then he'll go on his phone. And then he'll look at me again. And then he'll put his phone down. <laughs> right. So he is he is able to like be like, oh, she's not in front of her. So that also tells me he's like he's waiting for me to lead. I, and I know that's that's a whole lot. Right. between me and my right.
0: husband. But yeah, and you want him to lead. So I mean yeah. that's a really good <laughs> right. And that's a good thing that you know, you put your phone down first, which was fine. So you did make the first move energetically. Yeah. And then if he's noticing and then it's taken him a minute then that means he's recognizing that, okay, she wants me to do something. So that deserves celebration, right? Even that Mm -hmm. little moment, even though you're probably sitting there for two and a half minutes, like, come on, I put my phone down forever (laughs) ago, right? Like you might be getting frustrated with it, but that little moment needs a celebration, right? And it needs a positive kind of feedback to it for for you to go, okay, I do want him to lead. Maybe he's not a natural leader. Maybe the dynamic between us is not not allowing, right? So, so what we have to do is we have to help if that's the dynamic we're in and that is your dynamic and that's what we're talking about right now, then we do really, if we want it to happen, we kind of need to give them a little push yeah. and, and you have to be in that moment where, you know, we're not going to change people. Mm-hmm. We can help them along. So he's never going to change you from being the leader of the house that you are, and the leader of your life that you are, and the go 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 and the productivity side of you, and all you have to change whatever you want inside of you when you're ready, if you're ready. Yep. And if he's not willing or not able or doesn't want to kind of be that go 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 person, then that's okay. But you need to accept that, and so does he. And then you need to find a compromise mm-hmm. between what happens, right? So a little, so a little moment of, um, uh, well, this is going this is really silly, but like, let's say you had a little bell you ringing your little bell. Okay. That's, that's not a good one. No, that's, that's not, not going to happen. Okay. That's not a good one. My point being, if you give a, if you give a symbol, right? Some kind of something, right? So maybe it's your phone and you put it down nice and heavy. So he kind of hears it, but you've talked about it before. Like if you hear this, or if you see me in this chair, or if you see me, I don't know, sitting on the counter I want you to know that those are the times that I'm extremely receptive and I would really like it if you had time to come to me. And then you only say that once and now that's a new little thing you have between you. So what you've done, you've created intimacy because you've created a little secret and a ritual for yourselves within a couple. Now you sit up on the counter and yeah, you might have to wait and no, maybe he won't be receptive right away. Maybe it'll take them a couple of times, right? But if we want to learn something in relationship, we can't expect it to happen immediately. We kind of need to work with it. So you sit up on the counter and you wait and you notice and he looks and then he looks away and then you look again and you clear your throat and then he comes over and then you go, yay. And, you know, it's, we do, oh, language, we do train each other to be kind of, what is it that my mother always taught me? You teach people how to treat you. Mm-hmm. Right, you teach people how to treat you by the way that you act and react. Mm-hmm. So you know, in your dynamic, in your relationship, you have both learned your places. Quote: You've learned your places in that relationship, and if anything needs to change, it has to be extremely intentional.
1: Right, and you need it's to. It's not that gonna. It's not. Yeah, no, it's not gonna just happen, right. and it's it's not gonna be me going. I want change, and then expecting him to like right figure it out. Yeah, right, and and that's that's what honestly having you in our lives allowed that to happen because I was like I didn't know how to have the conversations and then you don't want to hurt feelings and then right if, what am I saying is that like am I explaining it the right way and so having yeah. you be that neutral third party and to understand and recognize our struggles when we don't sometimes even recognize it ourselves mm-hmm. and then giving us guidance yeah. and things to start with was 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 very very helpful and needed and I've noticed a big shift
0: oh Um, good I'm glad
1: well you remember what happened when we first hired you we we me and my husband went on a sex bender
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was amazing it was amazing (laughs) I love it sometimes all you gotta do is break that ice man like you know we can talk esoteric we can talk emotionals we can talk all of these like you know, big concepts and stuff is sometimes you just gotta like rip that band aid off and get some <laughs> sex going and start touching each other again and start laughing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, like how many times people take this so very seriously and it's a serious concept, but you can't execute intimacy in a serious way. You have to execute intimacy with a playful undertone. That's what it's all about. It's about remembering what it was like to date, remembering what it was like to be a teenager, remembering what it was like that first kiss or that first touch or you know the text that you're waiting for, or regardless of if it's in a, in a relationship, remembering what it felt like when you were doing when you went to the first day of your favorite job and how excited you felt about yourself because you just got a new outfit and you were feeling yourself and you were so confident. All of these little playful moments, we don't celebrate those. We, we, we have them and then we sit back and we go, yeah, well, of course I felt good about that. Well, no, don't right. just say, of course, be really freaking proud of yourself that you were excited about that. You know, be excited that you and your husband had a moment together. Be excited that you had that bender. Now you've created that intimacy, that memory right? This ritual Mm -hmm. around intimacy. So now, even if you're, you know, for years, even regardless of how the relationship goes, you can tell the story of we saw the sex coach once and man, we went on a bender and you will (laughs) both laugh and then you'll both have that memory together, right? Mm -hmm. So you've created new things within your relationship. When we continue to go on this steady path of just parallel lives all the time, nothing happens. We need to intentionally intersect our lives when we, when it comes to being in a long-term relationship.
1: Thank you, Serena, for this amazing talk. Um, how does anybody get a hold of you if they want to learn? I mean, I, I just I love following you on Instagram. I love the Friday Q and A's that you do. I love mm. everything that you talk about. Um, you're you're very giving with your knowledge and and tips, and I so appreciate that. But how how would do people find you if they want to work with you, or if they just want to follow you for a while? right so
0: yeah so on instagram it's um at serena underscore haynes uh twitter is at serena haynes facebook sdh rewilding i should probably like compile them all in the same but <laughs> But I, it's too late it's too late now and then my website just serena okay. so awesome. at serena make, com, you can find everything
1: and i'll make sure that we have all the links so thank
0: yes you so thank you for having me
1: I want to thank you for listening to the Women Disrupted Podcast. Make sure you check out the show notes for any additional information or links about today's episode or guest. If you enjoyed today's episode, then hit the subscribe button and make sure you get all the latest episodes. Also, if you feel that anyone could benefit from this episode, then please share it or give it a review. The Women Disrupted Podcast is sponsored by Simply Stylish Inc. and produced by James Higgins Productions. Stay Disrupted Ladies.